welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log Day 59 Good enough is never good enough. When I first learned to play chess, I was about, I think, five or six years old. I was in kindergarten, and one of the older kids had a chessboard with him, and he was playing with one of his friends. And when I sat down next to them to watch after the game was done, one of them offered to teach me how the pieces move. And after five or ten minutes, it doesn't take long to explain to somebody how the pieces move. I played my first game, and surprisingly, I won my first game, right? So from that very moment, of course, I like chess, right? When you do something for the first time and you're very good at it or relatively good at it, you'll enjoy it. And of course, I was a five-year-old playing probably a six or seven-year-old, so it wasn't that impressive. But the point is, from that day forward, whenever I had a chance to play chess, I would, and I got to a decent level relatively quickly. And by decent, I mean decent for people who know how the pieces move. By proper chess standards, I was terrible, but I didn't know that. Well, when I was, I want to say, 22 or 23, I had a friend, and there was a chessboard at a place where we were at, and I challenged him to a game, and he absolutely crushed me, right? It, it, was, it wasn't even close. And there I was, you know, thinking, wow, he's amazing. And I said, I was like, wow, you're really good. You must play chess a lot. And he was like, I'm not that good. I'm, I'm barely passable. So I realized that I wasn't as good as I, I wanted to be, right? And that realization stuck with me for a little bit. Until about a couple of years ago, I think 2020 or 2021, I decided to pick up the game and properly start studying. And at that point, I realized just how little I knew about chess. Right? I realized what chess ratings were, and I got a rating very quickly. You know, when you play online, your rating will show very quickly. My rating was around 850 or 900, something along those lines. And if you look up that number, especially for online play, it's not even tournament play, that's beginner level. So I decided to change that. And I started reading up on chess and studying openings and studying tactics. And I would study sometimes as much as three to five hours a day. I think I've mentioned this before. And one of the principles that I realized and named right around 1,100 was this happened to me more than once that I would play a game of chess and my opponent would blunder his queen. And in chess, a blunder is just a very terrible mistake. So if you blunder your queen, you, you lose that piece. And if you know anything about chess, all things being equal, if you play down a queen, you're going to lose. But it happened more than once that I would win my opponent's queen and then realize like, oh, I'm, I'm going to win this game no problem. And I would relax and I would stop paying attention. And I would blunder my queen right back. And I named this phenomenon. I called it take the queen, lose the queen. Right? It happens so frequently that I gave it a name is many times when you have a crushing advantage in chess, if you take your foot off the gas, you will give that advantage right back to your opponent. Well, that principle is what we're talking about today. And its current name isn't chess-related, right? To make it more generic. Good enough is never good enough. Now, what does that mean? It means that many times in life, Whenever we're doing well at something, we start to settle in, if you will, right? You see this a lot in 
people who maybe are single and really try to clean themselves up and get into good shape, those kinds of things. And then once they're in relationships, they will let themselves go, right? That's the expression people use, let themselves go. Care less about their wardrobe and maybe about their body composition, those kinds of things. And this attitude of thinking that something is just good enough and letting it be can be very insidious, right? Very insidious, very counterproductive. Now, before we dive into the discussion on good enough is never good enough, I do want to give the caveat that good enough is not the same as accomplishing the goal, right? If my goal is to be conversational in a language, for example, and as we talked about a couple of days ago, that just requires approximately 5,000 of the most common words, that is, you know, in a way you could call that good enough, but that's not what we're talking about. If my goal is to absolutely master a language and become truly fluent and gather, you know, a wealth of vocabulary, then clearly 5,000 words isn't enough. But if my goal is to be able to travel to that country and converse with people, and, you know, meet them on the street and have a conversation, ask them questions, maybe make some friends even, 5,000 words is the goal I'm going for. And once it's achieved, as long as I maintain it, that's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about is the tendency of men to get into a place in their life where they're, let's say, enjoying themselves. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's totally fine. When they're, you know, maybe they're in decent physical shape and they're earning above average, perhaps, and are in a very fulfilling relationship and then sort of just letting your foot off the gas. And of course, if your life's goal is just to live a good life, that's fine. But if you want to live the warrior king life, that state of mind is unacceptable. You cannot let good enough be. You can't say, oh, if I look back five years ago to now, you know, compare them, I'm earning more than I was then. I have closer relationships with my friends. I've developed my mind. I've developed my craft. I'm, you know, developing my body and my relationship with God is, has grown a lot. And that's good. You know, I'm, I'm in a good place. This is good enough for me. And then just sort of rest on your laurels. Because not only will you not maintain the standard you're at now, you will backslide a little bit. This happens, right? There's a very common factoid that when it comes to diagnosing obscure diseases, students who are fresh out of medical school do better than seasoned doctors. Because when you start to fall into a comfortable execution of your skills, your skill level tends to decrease slightly. So that's a condition we have to avoid. But beyond that, we have to understand that the goal that we're aiming for as men who live the warrior king life is not good. It's not even great. It's excellence. We're aiming for excellence. Every day that you waste, that you do not use to move yourself towards your purpose is actually a backslide. You can basically map out your trajectory and say, let's, let's use weightlifting as an example. Say you're benching 300 pounds. And by the end of the year, you could, with proper programming and diet, bench 350 pounds. Any day that you're not moving towards that, if by the end of the year you're still at 300 pounds, it might seem like you haven't moved, but in reality, you've lost 50 pounds. So you shouldn't measure your position as much as your velocity, right? Are you moving in the right direction? That's ultimately what matters. A, a good example of this is the spiritual life, because we know that the Lord calls us to be perfect. Right? Christ said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. But we will never achieve perfection in this lifetime. I know I certainly won't. 
So what matters is your movement towards perfection. Every day, are you entering into a deeper prayer life? Every day, are you more intentional at the church services? Every day, are you learning to forgive more? Are you learning to let go of past hurts and anger and hatred? Are you moving towards love, right? Towards faith, towards hope, the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. That's the standard by which we measure ourselves. And if we accept good enough, we're not living up to that standard. This can be observed in any area of life, right? You can take the seven commitments and just run through them. Maybe you're married and your marriage is good, right? It's, it's working well. You fight sometimes, but you get over it. And by and large, you enjoy each other's company and you feel like your spouse, your wife is the right person for you and you're the right person for her. Does that mean that you should stop deepening your relationship with your wife? Of course not, right? When you take an example like that, it's obvious. You wouldn't expect a couple that's been married for 50 years to have the same level of connectedness as a couple that's been married for five years. The couple that's been married for 50 years should know each other like the back of their hand, right? The backs of their hands, I suppose. So once you're in a place that is satisfactory to you, that is not license to stop pushing. If you're running a race and you're in first place, you don't say this is good and I can stop now. You need to double down. Not only because the standard of good enough is unacceptable for a warrior king, but also because allowing yourself the sweet siren call of good enough, allowing that to suck you in, is going to decrease your performance from where you are now, right? If you think that your relationship with your wife or your girlfriend or your fiance or whatever, if you think that that relationship is good enough, I can guarantee you that taking your eyes off the ball like that will lead to problems, right? Give it, give it a month, give it two months, three, six months, depending on how patient she is. But eventually she's going to say, you don't do the things that you used to do for me anymore, right? You don't romance me anymore. You don't leave me little surprises or we don't go on any dates or anything. By taking your foot off the gas is going to leave her disappointed. The same thing's true in the gym. You can only grow if you're constantly pushing, if you're always on the edge of your skill, right? There is this common piece of information that people here float around that it takes 10,000 hours to master any skill. To become world-class at something, it takes 10,000 hours. But the piece that's not generally mentioned with that is that it's 10,000 hours of what? Just doing it, right? Just playing the violin? 10,000 hours of just picking it up and playing it? No. It's 10,000 hours of what's called deliberate practice. And what does that mean? Deliberate practice is when you're in a particular place in which growth happens. Right? So if you, let's say you're a violinist, right? That's the example we're using. If you try to play a violin piece that's dead easy for you, right? You could play it in your sleep. You could play it with your eyes closed. It makes no difference. You can nail that piece. If you play that every day for an hour, after 10,000 days, you will not have gotten a bit better. There will be zero improvement. No growth will have occurred. Likewise, if you try to play a piece that is absolutely impossible for you, one hour a day for 10,000 days, you still will not have improved at all. It's too difficult for you to make meaningful progress. And there's a fantastic book about this, and I've mentioned it before in different contexts. It's called The Talent Code, and I'll leave a link for you in the show notes below. You can go check that out if you want. 
you have to be in a place where you're, I think the number is approximately 80%. You're nailing the piece by about 80% and you're making about 20% mistakes. So, you know, you played five times, you can play perfectly four times and then mess it up once. Or maybe you can hit 80 of the notes perfectly and 20 of the notes not so well if there's 100 notes. But you basically have to be practicing in a way that's just difficult enough for you to develop growth because your brain has to struggle with the task so that it admits to itself and says, I don't quite have the skill to pull this off. Let me invest resources, right? Because any skill you're learning, is, it takes resources. Your brain has to take a substance called myelin, and we've talked about this before. It's an insulator. It's a fatty tissue that wraps around your neural circuits and makes them more efficient. So when you play the note correctly, that neural circuit gets myelinated. That's what you call it, myelinated. And myelination only occurs if you do it right most of the time. So it has to be difficult enough for you to get it most of the time, right? You have to be at the edge of your ability. So if you think about the gym, if you've read the uh, Warrior King training protocol, also free link below, go check that out if you haven't already. That training protocol is going to call for you to be at RPE 9 for the majority of the time, especially for stage 1. Stage 2, there's a day there's RPE 8 as well. But in the beginning, you take every single set to within one rep of failure. So we don't go all the way to failure because that's going to lead to overtraining or injury or burnout or form breakdown. And we don't do, you know, within six reps of failure because that would be too easy. So in order for there to be a growth stimulus... You have to be at the edge of your ability. Now, if we take this back to the topic of today's field log, good enough is never good enough. If you allow your performance to be good enough and stay there, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're wasting your potential. Right? What's the point of this? We talk about this all the time. The point of the Warrior King ethos is to become the best man you can be for the service of others. Right for the service of your God first and foremost, which generally expresses itself in the service of other people, your family, your wife, your children, if you have those, your parents, your siblings, your brothers in the church, your friends, strangers even, your employer, if you have a company, your employees, that is what you're doing. You are becoming a vehicle to carry out good in the world. So if you're 25 or 30 or 35 or 40, God knows, and you think you, you've done enough, you're good enough now, and let's say you live an average life, and for men, that's about, I think, average life expectancy somewhere around 75 or 80. If you stop the 25 and you live to 80, you will have wasted 55 years of potential growth, right? If you're 25 and you've been working hard on yourself for the last, let's say, five years or maybe even 10 years, if you do that for another 10 years, by 35, you could be twice as good. And of course, it won't be linear. There is some tapering off. And we talked about that in the Pareto's Law episode. But the point still stands that there is another 10 years of growth you could have had. And then you're only 35. And then there's another 10 years of growth. And then you're 45. So by the time you're 50, 55, 60, let's say at that point you have grandchildren, you could be an incredible man. Right? You could be the kind of man who has a wealth of knowledge is incredibly healthy and fit, right? You've been taking care of your body, maintaining your body. You have a vast network of friendships, connections. You have all kinds of skills, right? Like you can play a bunch of instruments and you know several languages and you have a deep understanding of theology. That could be you. 
but only if you understand that good enough is never good enough. If you rest on your laurels, if you accept the situation for what it is, things will not only stay where they are, I wish, they'll get worse. You think things are good enough, you will let go. You will let yourself go. And in the process, you will let other people down. People who have come to rely on you in your role as a leader in their life, whatever capacity that takes, they rely on you to constantly work on yourself, to constantly make yourself the man that they need you to be so that you can be an effective leader, an effective authority, an effective role model, right? A good friend, a good husband. There are too many people in this world who push until they get one thing, whatever that one thing is, right? Maybe you want to make six figures or you want to be a millionaire or, or you want to beat your anxiety and depression or whatever it might be. You want to get to a 600 pound deadlift and then you meet those old guys in the gym, right? And they're like, oh, when I was your age, I used to deadlift 600 pounds. And now they're doing nothing, right? And of course, there is a decrease in strength that comes along with age, right? You get your testosterone levels start to drop. Of course, that's the case. But there are plenty of people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s who are in incredible shape. You see pictures and videos of these men all the time, right? I, I used to know somebody who told me that her grandfather, before he passed away in a car accident, could do a handstand up a ladder, right? I, I can't even imagine how a man would do that, right? He'd just go on a handstand and then walk up a ladder with his hands, that man, I promise you, never one day woke up and said, I think, I think this is good enough. I think we've worked hard enough. Let's relax. Right? There's a phenomenon where people who go into retirement, if they stop keeping busy, if they stop working, their mental state deteriorates incredibly rapidly. Right? You could be in the workforce. Let's say you're working until 65. And hopefully, you don't have to be in the workforce until 65. Right? You should be able to be financially independent, at least by your 40s if not sooner. And let's say you had a company and then at 65, you give control of that company to your son. So let's say something like that. And then you just, you know, wake up later and then you just lounge around all day. You don't really do much of anything. Your brain state will deteriorate. Your mental state will diminish very rapidly, right? The best thing you can do in retirement is just, just keep working, right? But you pick something that you want to work on, right? Something that brings you joy. Maybe you like wood carving, right? One of my favorite examples. You could have a woodworking shop in your garage and just do that five, six hours a day. Or maybe you like gardening. You could start maintaining your garden and learn about that. Or maybe you want to write a book so you can do that. Maybe you want to travel. Maybe you want to learn photography. Maybe you want to learn painting. Whatever it is, if you let go, all of the skills that you've built, all of the mental sharpness you've built will disappear. And you can't let that happen, not even now. While the, the physical events that make that happen in older men are not present for us who are younger, that doesn't mean that we have the luxury to just let go. We do not have the luxury to let go. Right? Read Genesis. When God created Adam, what did he tell him to do? He said, take care of all of this, right? He made him the earth and the garden of Eden. And he said, take care of these animals and take care of the, the trees and the, the crops and everything. And then even after the fall, we were told that we would have to sweat and earn our food by the, by the toil, the sweat of our brow, right? A man is made to work. Do not let that go. Do not let your work ethic diminish. Make sure that you're maintaining a healthy rhythm 
so that you don't burn out. And if you do that, then that's your life, right? Too many men fall into this mindset that as soon as I achieve this thing, then I'll relax, then I'll be happy. As soon as I achieve that thing, you know, once I meet my my future wife or once I get that job or once I earn this much or once I feel this way, then everything's good. No, no, I'm sorry to tell you, your life's purpose is to work, right? Your life's purpose is to make things, is to stay active, right? There's this saying that you hear sometimes, in America at least, that idle hands are the devil's workshop. And of course, I don't necessarily agree with that in all cases, but in some cases, it's true, right? While man needs leisure, and that's what the Sabbath is for, that's what Sunday is for, we need to work. We are meant to work. We're meant to build things, to make things, right? We're made in the image of our creator. So we are meant to be creators, We must make something, improve the world around you. That's your purpose. In some way, you have some unique inclination. You have some unique gift. Maybe you're great at public speaking. Maybe you're a good leader. Maybe you're brilliant. Maybe you have a strong work ethic. Maybe you have the hunger in you. Maybe you have a talent for languages or talent for animals. Or maybe you're very simple. And you're the kind of man who can set an example for others through your humility. Maybe you have a natural level of holiness and connection to God, whatever it is. Exercise it every day. The things that you're strong at, get stronger at them. And the things that you're weak at, develop them. Right? I have a lot of historical weaknesses myself, personally. Right? And I've mentioned this before. For example, I used to have a very severe anger problem. Things would make me very angry. So that's a weakness of mine that I'll carry forever. Right? This, this tendency towards violence. And I continue to have to smooth away those edges to more prayer and more fasting and more asceticism and forgiveness and constantly work on that so that one day maybe I can be as calm as other people. And then hopefully one day I can be exceptionally calm. So do that. Don't let good enough be good enough. It isn't. Good enough is not good enough. So today, your task your assignment is to take inventory, look at the seven commitments, carve out five or 10 minutes, right? Make a note of this, make an implementation intention, right? We've talked about this. Today at 6 p.m. on my couch, I will pull up my phone. I will type in warriorking.cx. I'll go to the website. I'll click on the seven commitments and I'll read through them one by one and ask myself, am I working towards this right now? And if not, why not, right? You don't have to be progressing in everything all at once. That's too much. But maybe you're not progressing in any of them. So we take the first one, right? Spirit, God. Am I deepening in my relationship with God? Am I praying daily? Am I attentive in prayer? Am I more forgiving than I was six months ago, a year ago? Am I more loving, right? Am I more knowledgeable in theology? And theology just doesn't have to mean, you know, like weird, deep theological concepts like, you know, like essence energies and the procession of the Holy Spirit and those kinds of things. No, it can be very simple things. Theology is just reading the life of the saints. Theology is everything we do. You know, some people say theology doesn't matter. Well, you believe Christ is the Son of God. That's theology. And move on to the next category, stewardship. Am I handling my finances properly? Am I diligent about my budget? Am I Am I advancing in my career? Or am I you know, building several streams of income and then move down the list. Take five or 10 minutes, maybe write it down if you want. You can make it a whole thing or you can just 
Make it a quick thought experiment. But do that today. Do not allow good enough to be good enough. Because it isn't. Excellence is good enough. You are called to excellence. So from today on, act like it. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.